It is college football conference championship week, and we got plenty of exciting games to discuss and walk through. Uh, there's a, a lot of playoff implications in these games, and of course, a lot of bragging rights in these games. So uh, what we're going to do is we're going to walk through all of the Power 5 conference champions, and then if we have any sleeper picks for the group of five, we'll talk about them as well. But uh, we're going to keep it with the big games and the Power 5. Uh, don't want to take up too much time, so... Uh, let's just get it right into it and start off with the SEC. Alabama versus Georgia. Georgia is a five-point favorite in this game. The point total sitting about 40 or 55 and a half. Uh, but can we just talk about how Bama got lucky last week? Can we just <laughs> talk about the absurd play that ended the Iron Bowl last week? I yeah. mean, what? How does that even happen? I mean, fourth and 31, and you hit it as a walk-off. Ridiculous. Yeah. That that's something that only would happen to Alabama. Literally only would happen to them. Hey, to be fair though, there's been a lot of miracle plays in that stadium against them. So I think it was kind of due up for them to have one of their moments in the Iron Bowl. But yeah, it's just of course it is Alabama with the season and how it's been going and gotta keep them in the race. It's ridiculous. Ridiculous. I couldn't believe it. I really felt for Auburn. Um, but hey, you know, this it makes this game that much more exciting just because Alabama potentially has a playoff spot on the line. Uh, mm -hmm. It's going to be tough for the committee. You know, I really don't envy them and what they have to do this next week after after these games get played. But, uh, you know, this is going to be fun. Georgia's five point home favorites. Uh, Milroe may not be the traditional pocket passer, but he has been absolute money on deep shot. Uh, passing plays, completing 55% of his passes, 20 or more yards um, for 15 touchdowns with only one interception. He has 23 big-time throws on passes with zero turnover-worthy plays. So uh, it's a lot different than the Alabama team that we saw at the beginning of the season. Uh, that's an understatement. So their offensive line continues to be a big issue outside of the top 100 in sacks allowed, and the team is outside of the top 50 in terms of yards per carry. Uh, and passing protection rating. Georgia, they do a lot of things well. They do pretty much really everything well. Uh, there's not really one thing in particular that they don't do well across the board. They have the third best success rate on the offensive side of the ball. Um, <clears throat> and they lack a bit of explosiveness, but uh, again, they're consistent. Carson Beck is playing consistent football in the quarterback position. Their offensive line is consistent. Their running game is consistent. Um, you know, really Carson Beck has been touched almost less than any quarterback in, in FBS, um, flip it over on the defensive side of the ball, Alabama, they are seventh overall in FBS in offensive, uh, success rate allowed Georgia 22nd in FBS. Um, you know, and, and, and so those, that number looks similar for passing and success rate in particular, but one thing Alabama does give up is, uh, explosive plays. They're 105th in explosive play rate on the defensive side of the ball, 117th in particular, in terms of rushing explosive play rate allowed. Um, so they, Georgia can be explosive and can get explosive plays. The problem is that they don't really do that in the passing game, mm -hmm. uh, in the rushing game, they do. Uh, but in the passing game, Georgia's not known. You know, they're like 90th in FBS and uh, explosive play rate on the offensive side of the ball. So this game could be uh, a really underrated game, really exciting game just due to the matchup in its entirety. We have Nick Saban, disciple, 
going up against Nick Saban. I think Kirby, you know, has almost, you know, if he wins a natty this year, like he's going to be in the same conversation as Nick Saban uh, in terms of coaching status. So uh, Georgia minus five, do you think, you know, do you think they cover? Do you think they win outright? Like, let me know what you feel about this game. Let me hear it. Well, the problem is, is I relate back to that Arkansas game. The Alabama-Arkansas game was gross. You know, we thought this Alabama team wasn't going to be what they were going to be. Then they started firing on all cylinders. They were beating everyone pretty handily. Uh, Tennessee, Kentucky, LSU, teams like that, I believe. And then this Iron Bowl came around. And I keep hearing chatter like, oh, that's just the Iron Bowl. Or, you know, is is Alabama still not where they want to be? I just think I like Georgia here because when Georgia plays good teams, they take care of them. They beat them easily. We saw them struggle with a couple of teams that weren't aren't even close to their level. But when it comes to playing teams that are around Georgia's level, Georgia takes care of business. Takes care of business. Uh, I think they do again in the SEC championship. I think they make it a little easier for the selection committee and eliminate Alabama. Yeah, I mean, oof, this this one is interesting because, well, obviously it's interesting. You know, I hate even saying that. Of course, it's the biggest game of the week, it feels like. But the this is one of those games where it's it's like do you you know you you can't doubt Nick Saban that's the problem like if any other coach was coaching this team i would be on the bulldogs all day and i not not to say that i'm not on the bulldogs but you know that's one thing that bakes into my decision who i think is going to win who i think is going to cover and whatnot we look at it too 67% of the tickets are on georgia to cover 66% of the handle is on georgia to cover so uh, a two-thirds majority in favor of Georgia, uh, nothing crazy. It's not like too vast of a number by any means, but um, I, I, I'm going Georgia, and I'm going Georgia to take to cover the five. Yeah. Now I will say my projections actually like Alabama to cover. Um, <clears throat> well, it's you know it's like the projection is like five point two, so that technically that's a cover. Um, on the five and a half, but uh, still likes to it still likes them to keep it close. I think it will be close at first, but I think that there's a a scenario in which Georgia manhandles this offensive line and really puts the pressure on Jalen Milrow. I think that this Georgia secondary is good enough that Georgia can bring the pressure. They can contain Milrow from using his legs and trust their guys in the secondary to, to cover uh, the Bama wide receivers, whereas not many teams are able to do that. And so I think they actually, they will come in with a very solid game plan to contain Jalen Milrow uh, and take advantage of this really soft Alabama offensive line. And so I think this defensive line is going to get after Milrow. And same goes for the other side of the ball. I think Georgia's offensive line, of course, is is a top unit. You know, this isn't news to anybody, but I think, uh, I think that'll, they'll do really well in the trenches and that's going to be the deciding factor in this game. And I think Georgia wins by 10, 30 to 20. I like it. All right, man. Hey, well, before we move on to the Pac-12, guys, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and then comment your favorite picks for Championship Weekend. We love scanning the crowd for that information, and we appreciate you guys being here. Uh, you can also find all of our projections, both college football and NFL, on X. I guess it's you know formerly known as Twitter, but handle is somewhere up here, but you can find all of those on X. So make sure to find that information. We appreciate you guys. Like, subscribe, 
comment. Pac-12, Oregon versus Washington. Most surprising line of the week by far, hands down. And if, if I'm being honest with you guys, I thought this game was going to be like a Oregon uh, minus seven type of line. But I was shocked when I saw it at nine, nine and a half on some books. The point total is 67 and a half. That's right on cue with what I expected. But nine and a half mm-hmm. is a big point spread for a team that did, in fact, beat them earlier in the season. Now, uh, Washington, it was at Washington when they beat Oregon. Uh, they caught Oregon at the right time. Uh, and it was, it, you know, I think all things were going in favor of Washington. Um, Oregon being favored by this much, again, shocking. Them being favored in general, not shocking. Uh, Both offenses are elite, elite units. Not, you know, this is new information. Washington fourth overall in offensive success rate. Oregon first in in FBS in offensive success rate. Um, So, where the the caveat is is that Washington's defense is so bad and it continues to be bad. I'm I am actually genuinely impressed that they were able to go winless during the regular or winless uh undefeated in the regular season with the defense that they had. They're 105th in offensive success success rate allowed. They're 129th in rushing success rate allowed. Uh I mean they do a decent job of limiting explosive plays. Oregon 18th overall in defensive success rate, which means offensive success rate allowed. So they're they're top 20 team across the board. Again, and I mentioned this earlier, they're the only team that has a top 10 unit in EPA per play on the offensive side of the ball and then EPA per play allowed on the defensive side of the ball. So they're a well-rounded team, much more well-rounded than Washington. It's just a matter of, is Washington's offense good enough to negate the fact that Oregon's defense is a really good unit? And so before I get into anything, Seth, you know, what, what do you think? Are you, do you, do you like the, the, um, what do you like Washington to cover or do you like Oregon to, to win and beat the brakes off of them? Let me hear it. Well, I think you made some great points. Kind of like what you said, when they played earlier this season, I feel like these teams were both completely different. I think Oregon's only gotten better. And I think Washington's, uh, digressed a little bit. I, they can't put teams away, no matter who they're playing, whether it's Arizona State, UCLA, whoever they're playing, they can't really put these games away. They're close. And, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I said it was going to come back to bite them. But here we are. They're 12-0, and facing Oregon in the Pac-12 championship. Um, I, don't, I, I don't see Washington's offense being able to keep up with Oregon's offense. I think Oregon's going to score as much as they want, and I think Oregon's defense is going to get the stops necessary to make this one get kind of ugly. I could see Oregon winning this about 41 to 24 is my guess. So I'm going to take the points or I'm going to give up the points and I'm going to take Oregon minus nine and a half. I'm totally with you, man. I'm totally with you. I'm glad we're on the same page there. I think Oregon wins by 10 for sure. Mm -hmm. And looking at some of the splits too, there's, there's some interesting movement. 43% of the total bets are on Oregon. So the majority of the people placing bets on this game actually think Wash- Washington can cover. Okay. And I, and I see that, and I expected that. But 75% of the handle of the money tracked by Action Network coming in on Oregon. So there's some big money coming in on that spread. And mm-hmm. I can't, I agree. I, you know, that could be an indication of sharp money. Uh, and <clears throat> I'm with it. I think Oregon beats the brakes off of this team. I think they're trying to build the resume for the playoff committee. And I, 
I just I think they absolutely exploit this Washington defense for what it is. And my only thing is I've said this a couple of different times this season, and Washington's continued to prevail. Mm-hmm. That's my only thing. Yeah. I feel I've like that's been, how I've been too. I have been wrong about Washington, I would say two or three times so far, and I will admit that, but I'm trusting the system. I'm trusting the numbers. I'm trusting the process that we go through for all of this. And I'm doing it. What Oregon is the better team hands down in this instance, you know, uh, Washington, it's been super impressive what they're, what they've done, not taking anything away from their season. They've been deserving of the ranking that they've been giving, given up until this point. But I think Oregon comes in here, proves their dominance and establishes themselves as a, at least top five candidate, and hopefully they can uh, do well enough to get themselves in the college football playoff. So I love it. Florida State plays Louisville, and my goodness, Louisville, they kind of blew chunks last week, uh, mm-hmm. dropping one to Kentucky. Um, Florida State, they came off of a uh, win, uh, really no adjective to put there. It was kind of interesting game. Uh, against their rival Florida in the swamp. Um, now there's, well, I guess now starting quarterback uh, was their backup under Jordan Travis. He did get shaken up, but he came back in, so I expect him to be fine and ready to go. Uh, <clears throat> this one is a big one for Florida State because they're going to need to be winless to make the playoffs. Or I say winless. Undefeated. They're going to need to be undefeated <laughs> to get the playoff bid. And with and what's crazy is like even if they do win, there's a chance that they don't even make it after going undefeated. So right. um, they absolutely need this, and they absolutely need to be convincing in a win to get this. Uh, Louisville, you know, albeit the tough loss, they still have the chance to to play party pooper against Florida State. Um, and so I I'm I still think they'll come in motivated. I don't think last week's loss really affects their their motivation by any means. So I fully expect this game to be extremely competitive on both ends uh, for, for both teams. So looking at some of the splits uh, and and I'm watching it now, I said three and a half, but it's dropping to three and even two and a half on some smaller books. So Mm -hmm. uh, we, we should take that in consideration with whatever we decide discussing down the line. 46% of the bets are on Louisville to cover, but 75% of the handle is on Louisville to cover. So that's a big differential from the public number, the number of public tickets and the, the money itself. So um, some big money can be for certain if it's sharp or not, but some big money coming in on Louisville uh, to cover that spread. Hence why it's starting to drop in favor of Louisville. So before I get any more to the numbers and the matchup, Seth, man, what the heck do you take away from this game? Well, I will take away that Tate Roadmaker, I believe is his name, took a hit in that yeah. Florida game. I was very yeah. shocked to see him come back, to be honest with you. Uh, I definitely think he was concussed. I think they skipped over some protocols. but um, Football. <laughs> like you say, he played. He came back in and played, so I, I don't really have any reason to believe he won't play in this game. Uh, Louisville laid an egg against Kentucky. I was not. I haven't really been sold on Louisville all year. I thought that was a game to make a statement. They didn't. I think Florida State is determined to get in the playoffs. Mike Norvell is very excited to get his squad in there. I think that Florida State, I I don't know if they'll struggle, but I think this is a game that they win by 
seven to ten. Kind of, I kind of disagree with you. I think Louisville's hopes were kind of shot with that Kentucky loss because if we're being honest. I don't think they would have gotten into the playoffs, but the hope maybe was still kind of there. Being, you know, you're eleven and one playing an undefeated Florida State in the ACC championship. But I don't know. I think that loss is pretty deflating, and I think Florida State's riding a high, and I think they'll go in and beat them. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Let's hear it. Yeah, let's, let's do the numbers. So <clears throat> offensive ratings uh, comparison, success rate, Louisville 11th and FBS on the offensive side of the ball, Florida State 55th. So that number's kind of declined ever since Jordan Travis uh, left. He, they were actually a top 20 unit in that in those regards. Uh, in most offensive categories, but uh, they do still have an explosive uh, offense, um, third in FBS and explosive play rate. And we, we know that, you know, Keon Coleman is really leading this team. You know, he's an explosive player himself and they have a lot of playmakers, especially in the rushing game. So uh, flip side on the defense, Louisville 14th in FBS and offensive success rate allowed Florida State 12th. And I will say this. Even, you know, the numbers will tell you right now that Florida State has a really good defense. That's not going to surprise anybody. But Florida State's, like, goal line and short yardage defense is phenomenal. It is unreal. And numerous games, they, they've it feels like they've had more goal line stops than any other team in FBS. Um, and so <clears throat> I got to give credit where credit's due. They they are really really stout on the defensive line uh, and in the defensive box, um, and it's really let the you know and it, it's really let them to capitalize on certain situations because um, they can send three and still get pressure. They can send four still get pressure. So they have extra help in the passing game. I think Plumley is just an overrated uh, uh, plumber. Plumley, what, what am I doing? I think Plumber is an overrated quarterback. If you watch him, he has some. Uh, throws that are just like, what is mm-hmm. this guy doing? This is ridiculous. Um, I And so with that being said, I think Florida State covers. I think they have way more to play for. And I think this team has a lot more uh, talent around um, this offense than just Jordan Travis. Uh, certainly, I don't think I, they would be favored in any game in the against any team in the top, you know, eight to 10 maybe right um you know as we see it's a three-point favorite here against a louisville team that just got beat by kentucky so <clears throat> i do think florida state wins i do think florida state covers albeit potential sharp action coming in on louisville um and you know my projections actually now I, some of the numbers bake in jordan travis play but my projections still have Florida State winning outright by a touchdown. So, and I think that's the case. I think they can do it on the ground. I think the the their depth is much more. Um, it's it's a lot deep. They're a lot deeper than Louisville. So, war of attrition. I think they definitely are going to win that as well. Um, and you know, it's not like Louisville is going to come out and absolutely beat them with explosive plays. Uh, that's just not the team that that Louisville is. And so mm-hmm. they're they're a hundredth and rushing explosive play rate and their mid fifties and passing explosive play rate. So I fully expect Florida state to win and cover here. I think that there's too much on the line and I think Norvell is too good of a coach to let that happen. So now we get to move on to the big 12. Oh oh my gosh. I saved the big 10 for last because I thought process 
my thought process was just like 23 point spread what like yeah and the over under is like 12 points more than that and that's it's insane dude (laughs) okay but yeah we'll save it okay yeah yeah i'll save it i got a fun fact for you okay uh oklahoma state versus texas uh in my notes that actually i actually have texas is uh 14 um it's starting to move in favor of texas at 14 Mm -hmm. and the hook uh 15 on some books so um and, and there's the majority is leaning in Texas. I'll just go ahead and give the splits. Fifty-one percent of the bets are on Texas, but sixty-three percent of the money is on Texas. So some big money coming in on Texas. Uh, but we'll assume fourteen, fourteen in the hook here in our discussion. Mike Gundy has a chance to do the funniest thing ever, and I sure <laughs> shit hope he does. <laughs> I, I know, dude. It would be awesome if they just completely ruin Texas and their hopes as they exit the Big Twelve. Uh, so now with that being said that, you know, I don't necessarily think that happens by any means, but this game in my notes, I had the most uncertainty out of any game of them all. And I know the point spread is really, it's like the second highest point spread in the power five, uh, championship games. But I feel like Oklahoma is one of those teams that are literally just like, they'll do it, you know, they're more likely to do it than anybody (laughs) to, to cover and win outright. So uh, before I get into some of the numbers, man, what what you thinking? You know, what's well, your thought process here? This Oklahoma State team has to be one of the hardest teams in college football history to have a read on. You know, you're going to lose to South Alabama, thirty three to seven. You're going to lose mm-hmm. to UCF, forty five to three. You're going to beat Oklahoma though. And I just even the BYU game last week, they had to come back from down like twenty four to six. Yeah, but they play the good teams. They show up, but then they've get gotten thrashed by very questionable opponents. I guess it just depends on which Mike Gundy team shows up because I, the 14 and a half point spread is very confusing for me. I thought that was a little higher than what it would be against Texas, but I don't know. I don't have any reason to believe that Oklahoma state can keep it within 14 and a half after the last few weeks and some of the games I've watched. So I'm going to give a pick, but it's not going to be with any confidence whatsoever. So take it with a grain of salt. I'm going to rock with Texas with 14 in the hook. Yeah. But I don't have a lot of confidence in it. If I'm just being straight up honest, I don't know. I I'm going to do this as well. Uh, now, if I saw Texas play Texas tech in a different manner in which they did, I would have been probably more reluctant to take Texas here, but uh, you know, it seems like they're kind of hitting their stride. They got Quinn Ewers back. He's healthy. Um, and they just kind of, they literally just beat the brakes off of Texas tech. So I, uh, I certainly think this game is going to be one of those where, like, the first half we're going to be like, oh, my gosh, you know, Oklahoma State, they're, they're doing something weird. Yeah. Uh, but I think second half is going to be where Texas kind of pulls out, you know. Uh, ooh, wow. Uh, that's what she said. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> where Texas pulls it out and, uh, uh, you know, clears that 14 points in the hook, hopefully. But I mean, yeah, the, the the projections are kind of right on this. Um, you know, they'll say the same thing. Um, they do have Oklahoma State covering, but not by much. Um, so I think the momentum goes in Texas's favor, and I think they they make a statement on their way out of the Big Twelve. So it's gonna be fun. I mean, yeah. you know, and if we really want to talk about the numbers, we can. It's like I'll tell you this. I'll just lay it out. You know, in a detailed outline, Texas is really good and Oklahoma State's really bad, <laughs> especially on the defensive side of the ball. 
Uh, Oklahoma State is one of the worst teams in explosive play rate allowed. They're 129th overall in FBS. They're dead last in passing explosive play rate allowed. So I think Quinn Ewers is going to have an absolute field day, and it's yeah. it's going to be nasty. So bet the over on Ewers passing yards. That's what I'll say. I'm with that. All right. Hey, <laughs> Big Ten. Let's get it. Big Ten. The the most disgusting yet fun game to talk about. Iowa plus twenty three. Mm-hmm. The point total is sitting around thirty five. So, I mean, gross. Twelve points higher than the spread. Correct. Fun fact on DraftKings Sportsbook. Yes, the, I saw this. The Iowa team total for the first half. Point five points. Yes. Plus money. Yep. <laughs> probably changed by now but it's three and a half now i checked oh my I, I i was looking at it the other day and i'm like you're you're kidding yeah i saw that on I, twitter so i had to check for myself and it got up to three and a half iowa team total half a point that's insane that's obs- mm-hmm. that's insanity but it's very well possible that's what's crazy that Absolutely. is what's crazy um you know <clears throat> my projections have iowa scoring almost 13 points and I was like 12 point whatever but you know it, it has them covering barely mm-hmm. you know barely it's like 30 to 13 um or 34 to 13 yeah something like that um but I mean goodness I don't even know what to make of this game I can see it where Michigan gets up by like two touchdowns and they're like all right that's game We'll just yeah. run it out. Yeah, we've seen we've seen this in back. Like you look, go back all the way to when Michigan played Penn State. You know how many times JJ McCarthy passed the ball? Eight, eight times. times. Yeah. Eight times. He went seven of eight for like sixty yards, and that's it. And so mm-hmm. we know Michigan in these instances will happily run the football. Happily run the football. So, um, and it's funny. I like I heat map these uh, these stats that I, I give during the show to kind of give like a comparison, like a visual comparison of uh, where a team has in terms of their ranking, Iowa offense, all red. Mm-hmm. Their defense is all bright green. Yeah. It's hilarious. So I love it. Um, yeah. Offensive rating, uh, offensive success rate and all of FBS. I was dead last. They're second to dead last in explosive play rate. Uh, they're 131st in rushing success rate. And I, I mean, I, I'll just leave it at that. Michigan offense, their eighth overall in FBS and offensive success rate. Second overall in passing success rate, even though they don't pass the ball that much. 38th overall in rushing success rate. Um, they don't really do anything explosive. Uh, you know, they're actually one of the bottom teams in explosive play rate, but that's not surprising. They're a grinder, you know, mm-hmm. they just grind plays out and beat you, you know, one by one by one in the trenches. So uh, you flip it over on the defense side of the ball. Iowa fifth overall in FBS and success rate allowed second overall in explosive play rate allowed Michigan 10th overall and success rate allowed 35th and explosive play rate allowed. So no, I mean, I, I want to take Iowa to cover because I feel like this game is going to be uh, like, 28 to seven, you know, mm-hmm. if that or 28 to six, that's actually better. Two field goals for Iowa. <laughs> that's it. Right. So it's like, 
I really actually like kind of want to take it because I feel like the under is going to hit. I feel like mm-hmm. nobody's going to be even remotely motivated to want to throw a single pass in this game. Um, so I'm leaning Iowa plus 23. I'm, I'm curious to what you think here. What, what, what you got? Well, I think we're pretty much going to agree on all of these. I I love Iowa plus 23. I think, I think Michigan's riding the high beating Ohio State. I think they're kind of lacking motivation for this game. I mean, you see you're playing Iowa in the Big Ten Championship, and it's kind of gross. Um, I think Iowa has the defense to piss off J.J. McCarthy and this Michigan offense. Um, kind of like you said, I think they're going to run the ball a lot. I don't think we'll see McCarthy throw too much. Uh, and that just sets up a perfect you know, spread for a big spread like that. I mean, that's exactly what you want to see if you're taking a team plus 23. And the under, kind of like I think the under is a good play here. I think Iowa plus 23 is a good play. I just I don't see Michigan scoring a crazy amount, even though I don't see Iowa scoring really much at all. I think it stays within the under and the point total for Iowa. Nice. I I like it. And uh, well, I take that back. I don't like it. I (laughs) I like that we agree. But again, it's kind of nasty that we're, you know, sitting here doing this. I think this is the one I'm most excited about, though. I, I really am. I think it's this is the one fun. I'm looking forward to. It's going to be fun. Because Iowa has the opportunity to do a very funny thing as well. I mean, just imagine Iowa oh. somehow pulls it up and wins this game. Chaos. Yeah, that would be awesome. This is going to be uh, a really good game in the most sick, demented way that you can possibly think of, So. Uh, for all you football lovers, this is a game for you, man. So, yeah. Hey, that wraps it up for the Power Five and our big game breakdowns for Championship Weekend. Um, do you have any, you know, sleeper picks for the Group of Five or maybe some FCS? I do. I, I have a pick I'd like to talk about: SMU Tulane in the American Athletic Conference Championship. Uh, Tulane on ESPN Bet is currently minus four with the total set at forty-seven and a half. Um, I kind of love SMU plus four here. And let me remind you remind that the American Athletic Conference Championship, whoever is the higher team hosts it, so it will be at Tulane. However, I don't think that makes much of a difference. I think SMU has the firepower, the offense to overwhelm Tulane. Uh, Tulane has a great offense, don't get me wrong. I just don't see Tulane stopping SMU very much, and I trust SMU's defense more to get stops. Uh, I think SMU plus four is a nuclear play. I think SMU wins outright. I don't. I don't see this being going in Tulane's way. Um, I'm trying to think of how to say it. I watch a lot of American conference football because I'm sick and gross, but uh, <laughs> um, I do. I just love SMU. It's kind of a feel thing for me since I've watched yeah. a lot of it. I've watched the Tigers play against both teams. Um, I love SMU here. I think they're the play. They went out right, and they're going to a New Year's Day Bowl. Well, I got good news for you, man. That's one of my model picks. The model really likes SMU to win outright. Let's go. In this AAC championship game, I will be actually taking SMU money line myself. Let's do it. For the fun. So I'm with you, man. I also really like Liberty to cover the 10 points against New Mexico State. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this often, it's a model pick as well. Uh, model really likes them to cover uh, and win handily by two tutties. So really love Liberty as a model pick as well. I think they, I think Caden Salter gets it done. Go Flames. Yeah. And that wraps it up for Championship Weekend. Guys, we appreciate you being here. We will, of course, be doing this for all of our bowl games, playoffs, and whatnot. We will also try to get you guys a college football playoff reaction show once it's all said and done. Um, So we will be back here next week. We'll talk to you guys later.